Good morning, everyone. Nice to see all of you here this morning. Thank you, Maya and the worship team for a wonderful worship service. So good morning and welcome to everyone in house and in online as well on Facebook Live. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ashley Saden, and I'm one of the elders here at Living Hope. And as you know, our pastors are away on vacation, and they asked some of the board members to fill in their spot at the pulpit. So I don't take it lightly, and I know the others don't either, and I know I need God's grace today. So if you don't mind, could you pray with me today? Because I know I need him. Amen? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, O oh God, just for who you are. Like that song sang this morning, O oh God, you are the great I am. And God, I thank you for this opportunity and privilege to stand at this pulpit, God, but it's not about me, God. This is about you. I'm just your vessel today, God. So I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people today, whether here in person or online. I pray you would anoint my lips, Father. And that you would just speak to the very depths of the heart of what people are going through today, O oh God, and that they would see the hope that they have because of your Son. I thank you and I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning's message is part three of our series, which is Don't Miss the Moment. And it's based upon Ephesians 2.10, which says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So just to give you guys a little bit of a recap, during part one of this series, two Sundays ago, our sister Erica spoke about how each of our lives is like a puzzle piece and that we are meant for a specific purpose and a plan designed by God. We learned how, just like the sides of a puzzle piece, we are uniquely designed to touch the lives of the people around us. We are interconnected for a purpose and a plan in God's greater picture. And we were also encouraged by Erica that who you are and what you do matters. It's not about your worth, but you matter to God. Last week in part two of this series, our brother Doug spoke about how in life we all have to make choices, and how we can discern whether an opportunity that is presenting itself is from God, or, we've all experienced this, an opportunity for the enemy to distract us. We also learned that good opportunities don't always equate to God opportunities. And the latter is that just because something is difficult doesn't mean that that's not God's will for you either. So this morning, I'm going to continue on that journey of not missing the moment. So whether we recognize it or not, our spiritual lives are a lot like fields. And just like fields, there will be certain seasons in our lives when we will be given different opportunities or moments, if you want to call it that, along the way where you're going to be asked to grow and develop in. If you choose to do so, if I choose to do so. But before I continue that, I just want to remind Satan and each other that we are a chosen people, not because of anything you or I have done, but simply by God's grace and his mercy. 
Amen? So if the enemy comes and tries to discourage you this morning, shut him up and shut him down. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So we're not talking about works today. You're in the house. We are in his inner court. Nothing can change that. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. It's just who God is. We have been saved all because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and me. He shed his blood for you and for me. That gift of salvation is fellowship with God himself. But what we do with that gift and how we live that out is up to each one of us. And the responsibility lies with you and I as to how we respond to those opportunities or moments in our lives. We can either choose God's way or we can choose our own way. We can miss the moment and forfeit opportunities God is providing or we can embrace them and experience the supernatural and all that God has in store for us. So if you have your Bibles with you today or your device, you can go ahead and get your Bible or your Bible app. And we're going to turn to Genesis 2, and I'm going to read 4 to 5. It's, it's the creation story. So in verse 4 it says, This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And verse 5, which is on the screen, says, Before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. So one key point that I want to point out in this scripture is that God had his responsibility and his part to play in this story, but man, who we know is Adam, he also had his responsibility and his part to play as well. We see this in scripture, that in order for there to be plants and herbs growing in the field, God needed to cause it to rain, but Adam was required to till the ground in order for anything to be produced. And that's just like it is in our lives. God has his part to play, and he's always faithful on his end, thank God. But we also have the responsibility of what we do with those opportunities he gives us. So I want to look at the word till. So the word till means to manage, prepare, or make ready. And when God placed Adam in the garden, this was Adam's field filled with moments to experience all that God had in store for him. Adam's field experience would prove to be pivotal to his purpose and his future. And I want to say that to you guys today. Your field experience and what you're going through in your life right now in this moment today is proving, it will be proving to be pivotal to your purpose and in your future if you choose to let it. So Adam's care and his responsibility of tilling the ground, which again means to manage, prepare, or make ready, led to God entrusting Adam with the care of Eve and the very first family. So we see the principle found in Luke 16.10 lived out in Adam's life. 
And we all know this scripture. The scripture says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So in order for God to entrust Adam with the great responsibility of being a husband and a father, God first required Adam to be faithful in the little things like taking care of the field before him. Adam's field experience was a place where God used it to grow him, mature him, refine him, and test him. And ultimately, God proved Adam ready for the greater purpose and plan up ahead. So I don't know about you, but I've learned over the years that there's no coincidence with God. And when I was going through this devotion that Pastor Mona gave us to base our sermons on, I left part out. I was like, I'm going to go in this direction. And it was, you know, going pretty good. And God was giving me lots of revelation and stuff. And then I had to do the one body devotion for 1 Samuel 17. And I was like, okay, I know I have to talk about this too. So when I was reading 1 Samuel 17, God showed me how this very same principle was also lived out in the life of David. If you don't know the story of David and Goliath, I really encourage you to go read it. I'm not going to read the whole chapter today. But to sum it up, in this chapter, we see how God's people, which was the Israelites, were up against their enemy, the Philistines. Not only that, they also had a giant named Goliath, who to the naked eye appeared to be massive, strong, muscular, and undefeatable. King Saul, their great king that they all wanted, the Israelites wanted a king, along with the Israelites were what? Shrunk back in fear and didn't want to face Goliath. And they really just forgot who God was. And doesn't that sound a lot like what we do? I, I know for me, <laughs> I forget, you know, God's track record and I forget how big God is. I forget the promises of God. And in the moment, I think, oh my gosh, what I see before me seems so much bigger than God. And what I feel inside of me is just makes me so afraid. And I base what I see and feel upon who God really is. And then it just doesn't stand up. And so we do this as well. But God in his faithfulness and loving mercy used this moment to show up for his people, the Israelites, by using a very unlikely shepherd boy named David. We learn that David was the youngest of eight brothers, and the three older brothers were out fighting in this war alongside Saul against the Philistines. However, David appears to be doing the menial things like running back and forth to check on his brothers, tending a flock of sheep for his father. You don't hear him complaining. You don't hear him being jealous or comparing himself to his brothers or being bitter towards his dad or complaining about you know his job and his responsibilities. But David might not have realized it at the time that he was simply being obedient and faithful to those little things all while God was using this time to actually prepare him for a much greater assignment up ahead. And you know, it's so true for us today. Sometimes I just do my day-to-day -day things, you know, like being a mom, being a wife, going to work, being an LPM, but those, that's not who I am. 
But God will use all of those things and my difficulties with learning how to discipline and my difficulties with learning how to be a wife and how to do ministry and just how to do relationships with people and going after those things in the darkness. Those simple daily things that God is using for something much bigger up ahead. We forget that God is actually working behind the scenes and that he's up to something good. We come to find out how in his field experience of being a shepherd boy, God was actually preparing David for the very moment when he would come face to face with Goliath. David had fought off lions and bears while he was shepherding. And unlike the soldiers, he could stand confidently before Goliath, trusting that the God who rescued him back then would rescue him once again. David seized the moment, and he didn't listen to his brothers, who when you read that chapter, you see they were clearly looking down on David, probably because he was the younger brother. And the enemy was mocking him because they probably saw this skinny little shepherd boy who was not dressed in armor. David didn't base his belief about God on his circumstance or what he could literally see before him. David had a history with God, and because he had been faithful in the little things and stayed obedient to God in his field experience, he was given this great assignment by God and for God so God could prove himself once again. And from that point forward, we see the trajectory of David's life move in a way that might not have happened had he missed not only the big moment when he came face to face with Goliath, but in the little moments when he was simply shepherding and being faithful to his father. I want to encourage you today to not be discouraged. You don't know what God is up to behind the scenes because we don't see the whole picture. He's not confined by time or space or any of those things that we're limited to. And like Erica talked about, we're like those little puzzle pieces. And there is a greater picture that God is working out. God sees your whole life. God sees the whole picture. Trust that God has a plan for your future, even though you might not see or understand it right now, even if it's really, really hard right now. Now, I would like to take a moment to talk specifically just about the field. The field, because you might be thinking, well, how's my life like a field? This might sound familiar to you. The field is a place of sweat and labor. Are you guys sweating? <laughs> Are you working hard? <laughs> Are you having lots of opportunities and moments to grow? Are you being challenged in your faith? Are you having difficulties? The field is a time and a place when our characters are refined and matured. The field represents opportunity, service, and assignment. It's a place where God helps you to learn to trust him and become faithful to the little things. If we never ran into difficulties, we'd never see our need of God. And we would never grow in our maturity as a Christian brother or sister. The field is not a place to be passive or lazy. It's not a place to shrink back in fear or altogether quit. It's a time where we can choose to take responsibility for our part and just like Adam and David did, to care for, to nurture, to respond, and to walk in obedience. Did Adam or David do this perfectly? 
No. We've all read those stories. We know that, I mean, just David alone, you see his life, but you know that he was a, God after, a man after God's own heart. And even when he failed and even when things were horrible, what did he do? He just got right back up. He poured his heart out to the Lord and he kept going forward. And thankfully, when we read these stories in the Bible, it makes them so much more relatable to us. So God's not asking us to be these spiritual superhumans. No. David and Adam were honest strugglers. And God wants you to just be simply an honest struggler. Don't pretend to be perfect. Don't hide when you're struggling. Be an honest struggler. My question this morning for you is what kind of field are you in? What are the things God is asking you to be faithful in that might, you might think are insignificant right now and you don't really think are important or matter? What big moments are you experiencing right now in your life that might seem so huge and so undefeatable like Goliath that you've been forfeiting the moment and opportunity that God is giving you to see and experience him, experience him himself? Maybe you're going through a really difficult time in your health. Maybe you're going through an extremely difficult time in your marriage. Maybe your finances are a mess. Maybe your friendships are a mess and you just don't know how to reach out to people or do life with people. Maybe it's lies that are lodged so deep inside your heart that you've believed them for so long that you don't think they'll ever get broken. Maybe you feel like your little moments don't matter at all like simply mothering, wiping snotty noses, you know, <laughs> learning how to discipline Jackson. Maybe this very moment is simply God offering you his son for salvation. God is giving us an opportunity this morning to not miss the moment, to step out in faith and walk in obedience to whatever he's asking of you. No matter what your field experience might look like right now, I want to remind you that we're a people who walk by faith and not by sight. I recently heard a quote by Dr. Tony Evans, which is kind of like an ouch quote, but it's a good ouch quote. He says, don't say I'm waiting on God when God is saying, I'm waiting on you. God is asking us to take that next step, especially if he's already shown us and to trust him to show up on the other side. And like Doug talked about last week, to cross over that threshold from the natural to the supernatural, no matter what you see or what you feel, to take that step. When we read in chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, which I'm not going to read through today, but it would be a good place for you to go back and refresh your memory, we see so many of God's people who walk by faith and not by sight and how God came through for them in mighty and miraculous ways. Beloved, we have the Holy Spirit. So how much more can we choose to not miss the moment and walk by faith and not by sight in order to see God move on your behalf to an even greater measure than the Old Testament? You might be thinking things like, well, you don't know how difficult my field is, or... It's an ever-increasing battle. No one really understands this trial that I'm in. James 1, 2-4 says, My brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it 
an opportunity. And I want to put the word moment. Consider it a moment for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, I know I got a lot of gym rats in here. You guys know when you go to the gym, if you don't up the weights, your muscles aren't going to get any bigger, right? So that concept is the same for us. If we don't go through things, if we don't go through trials, how are we ever going to get stronger? How are we ever going to build up that endurance, that perseverance? One commentary I read says that trials can be considered joy only when there is knowledge that they are designed by God for a purpose. So I want you to know today, whatever you're going through, God has a purpose in it. They are tests of faith given in order to develop perseverance, which in turn produces mature Christian character. We are being conformed into Christ's image. Amen? It does, it's not a passive thing. It takes work. Romans 5, 3-5 says, We can rejoice too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And a lot of you know what we've gone through the last, like, three and a half, four years. And I won't go into all the details, but I don't want to cry. I've seen God show up for me in pretty amazing ways. And I know that he wants to do that for you. I would have never thought four years ago that I would be a mom to a boy with disabilities. But I wouldn't change it for anything. Because God has been so faithful to me. He's been so good to me. He's provided for me. He's shown me aspects of his character that I can't deny anymore. That he's sovereign, that he's holy, that he's righteous, that he's good, that he's faithful. And he is the same God for me that he is to you. So no matter what you're going through, and if you're not going through a trial right now, I can guarantee there will probably be one down the road. Not to discourage you, <laughs> but there probably will be one down the road. And I want you to remember these scriptures. That the God who saved you before will save you again. Amen. And the devil can't take you out of his hand. Amen. No one can separate you from God's love. Amen. But I can guarantee, because we are Christians, we're in a spiritual battle. When we were in the world, we didn't even know there was a spiritual battle, so we weren't phased by anything. <laughs> now, we're in a war. But we're on the winning side. Amen. And we need to remind Satan of that. You know, like the last few days, I've been struggling with mind battles because of this, and like Pastor Mona was encouraging, this isn't about you, this is about him. And Erica said, God wants to speak to you guys more than me. So that takes the pressure off. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you guys, whatever trial you're going through, there's a purpose in it. God has a plan in it. But you have to take that responsibility to be faithful in whatever God is asking of you. Maybe it's just simply getting back to doing fellowship with God. Getting back to being faithful to your word. You know, you're not saved by that. You can read your Bible a thousand times a day. It's not going to change the fact that you're saved. But it's about just coming before God and talking to your heavenly father. Or maybe God's asking you to reach out for help. You know, I don't know how to do this Christian walk. I don't know how to discipline my child. I don't know how to love my wife. 
I need help. And God puts people in our path to do that. You know, maybe it's being faithful in your monies. Stop spending so much. You know, maybe it's tithing. You know, God's asking you to actually tithe, you know, the 10%, whatever. Maybe God's asking you to give to a mission. I don't know. It's, it's specific. God will show you what he's asking you to do. So our trials can be fields if we so choose with moments to help us grow, mature, and increase our confidence in God. If I never went through all that we've gone through the last three and a half years, I would probably not be as confident in God, not myself, but in God, than I am today. And in those moments when I fail, because again, David, Adam, they weren't perfect. I'm far from perfect. I've got a lot more growing to do. I know I have a wretched heart, but I also know how God sees me. People are watching. And I don't know about you, but when I've chosen to do things God's way and to walk in obedience, people see Jesus at work in my life. It's the only explanation. He shows up for me, and I know he will show up for you too. His glory and his power are displayed in you and I when we are in our fields. And even though it's hard, you know, people that are, are not Christians, they don't have God, they want to see that you're still human too, right? They don't want to see some spiritual Christian floating across the floor like, wow, everything's perfect. But when they see you struggling and they see that life is hard, but that you keep getting back up, you keep proclaiming the name of Jesus, you keep coming out to church, you keep connecting with the body, that you don't walk away from your faith. You know, it's, I can't even remember how many years it's been that I've been saved. I think it's nine years. And it's gone by so fast. But I bet people that I not walked away from, but relationships that I knew weren't good for me probably thought this wasn't going to last. But I found my true love. It's Jesus. And I'm never going back. But I'm still going through trials, right? So again, his glory and his power are displayed in us when we choose to do it his way. When we walk through those doors, like Doug was saying, and we discern which one is from God, and we choose to do it his way, people see Jesus. It's not about us. You know, he's using everything to refine our characters, to help us grow and mature, pluck out all those weeds. But it's really about God and his glory and his kingdom. So I'd like to ask the worship team to come back up. <clears throat> if you were weak this morning, God's not asking you to be strong. God is asking you to take hold of this moment and to allow him to be strong in you. Allow God's strength to be displayed in you. Don't miss out on the opportunity to grow, mature, and have your hope of salvation strengthened today. God has great things in store for each and every single one of you. And again, you are a unique puzzle piece. God chose you from before the foundations of the earth. He saw you in your mother's womb. You are chosen. It doesn't mean that there won't be trials, but it does mean that there's a greater purpose through it all. And I would like to open up the altar today for anyone who maybe hasn't been faithful to those little things, or maybe you're in a really hard field or a really difficult time in your life, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your workplace. I want to encourage you to turn back to God, to take this moment today to do it God's way, 
2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. He is here. He hasn't left you. I want to encourage you to come today, or you can, you can stay in your seat, just to receive his grace in this moment. Even if you've made a mess, or you don't even know how this is all going to get figured out, come and let the great I am restore you today and not miss this moment. lately because I have a, a major trial that I'm going through but God gave me a word and I'm standing on it and uh, he is the great I am he's wonderful he's amazing uh, so we're gonna do the um, the song that we did earlier call upon the name and we're going to acknowledge that he's stronger and he's greater that he's with us with everything that we do with every trial that we face is there you are stronger you are greater nothing I face could ever separate me your love is wonder your name is splendor nothing I've changed the love you have displayed for me Your power has no end You are my shield and strength You show me who I am My God has come to say Your love will never end You've overcome the grave You are the great I am Sing with me
that once again I can proclaim you are the great I am. God, you've come to save. God, you've come to give us power and strength, oh God. You have come to deliver us from everything, oh God, that comes against your kingdom of light. And oh God, I pray for your people this day, no matter what they are going through, God, that they would choose to believe the God that saved them from day one is still the same God today. And that you, oh God, can get them through any storm. But I pray for courage, God. I pray for strength, God. I pray for humility for your people, oh God, that they would bow the knee to you once again in whatever area, oh God, they need to let go. God, if it's they need to forgive, oh God, that they would forgive, oh God. If they need to just restore with people, God, give them the strength, give them the courage, oh God. God, I thank you because with you all things are possible, oh God. God, I know I don't want to miss the moment, and I know my brothers and sisters don't either, oh God. So help us to see those moments, God, when we can choose your way or our way, God. Give us the courage to choose you every time, oh God. And when we make a mess, God, show us who we are because of your son. I thank you, oh God, for your grace. I thank you, oh God, for your mercy. 
God, you are amazing. You are all consuming. You are all powerful. You are the great I am. And Lord, I pray for your people this day. God, I pray just a special covering and blessing upon them, oh God. Help them to recognize in those moments, oh God, when Satan is trying to distract them, when Satan is trying to rule in their home, oh God, help them to proclaim your name, to rebuke Satan, because we have the power to do so, oh God. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.